Oral Histories of the National Railway Museum. In 2018, Ray Bolt, former South Australian Railways fireman and locomotive driver, spoke with Peter Hackworth at the Talem Bend Visitor Centre. After firing on steam for eight years, Ray went on to drive for another 36 years. The transition then to becoming a driver, Yes. what was the process and how long did it take? I fired in Mile End, fired on big engines there after I left Suburban Link. Used to come up here to Taylor Bend from Mile End with freight trains. I had a mate called Colin Powelski. He was a nice fella and he used to smoke at his home, smoke like a chimney. And when he left to come up here, he'd put all his gear, tobacco and stuff in, the, in his locker and leave it there. Come up here, Taylor Bend, into the barracks. And he wouldn't have a cigarette because he never had any. And he didn't ask anybody for a cigarette. <laughs> Strange smoking habit, really. Anyway, going home, they used to play cards up here in the barracks, the old barracks down there. Quite a lot of them would stay up and not go to bed. So anyway, we're going home on a freight. We were going down from Lofty down and uh, Colin put the minimum reduction Westinghouse airbreaker and it would sled steady down and um, he's down pretty steady. He'd go to sleep. And I'd wake him up and he'd release the brakes you know, just before we stopped. <laughs> <laughs> and I got a bit sick of this. Several trips were like the same. So I decided not to wake him up. So he put the brakes on and steadied you know, a little bit more and down he'd go to sleep. So I let him stay there for a minute or two. <laughs> Colin, Colin, wake up. Oh, where are we? <laughs> And he'd release the brakes and away we'd go. <laughs> oh, funny. You know, uh, being a junior, you know, a young fellow, it was an experience that I knew full well I'd have to be careful about using the Westinghouse air brake when my turn comes out. But it comes to you. It's a system that is a, a massive braking system, foolproof actually. If the guard pulls the cap in the brake van, the brakes apply. If the passenger in the passenger car loses his teeth out the window, he pulls the communication cord and the train stops. <laughs> it's a foolproof system. Yes. Magic. It is magic. And still in use today. Still in use today, yes. Magic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Still today's yeah. preferred train braking system in the world. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. We used to do all sorts of tests with the braking system on trains. We had a fellow here called Jimmy Merrigan. He was an acting loco inspector, driver before that, and he taught us braking in power so that when you stopped, the brake van and the engine started to move after you released the brakes, the engine would start and the brake van would start exactly the same time because they were stretched, couplings were stretched. Yes. That was a magnificent way of driving, I reckon. You were transferred to Karunda. Yes. As a driver? No, a fireman. I fired for eight years on steam and drove for 36 years. So at Karunda we used to go to Wakery, Yincanny, Loxton, Barmera, Renmark, Pibinga, all those branch lines. Now they're gone. Haven't got any. Pinaroo's even gone. I suppose over the time that I was left there, 1956, I left there to go to Wolseley in the southeast. And that's when I started driving. So when you were doing these longer trips and you had to stay overnight, yes. and you talked about the barracks, yes. explain the barracks, because I think a lot of people wouldn't know. No, true. 
Well, they were quarters for running men, guards and drivers. Most places had barracks, Pibinga barracks. They had wooden sleepers as a floor <laughs> laid down. <laughs> it was pretty basic. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, Pibinga. There's a story about the fireman. I said, I'll fix the engine. You go over and get set up. So he went over and washed and put a big steel frying pan he put on the stove with fat in it. And he went out and washed, had a wash and come back in. And there was a bird's nest that had fallen down between the flue of the stove and into his frying pan. <laughs> we said, you have birds near nest for me. <laughs> but they were fairly basic. That's where running men stayed, you know, the guards and drivers and firemen. We all sat there with the, all the cooking utensils there for you. All you had to do was bring your meat, veggies and whatever you were going to cook. And a lot of times in, in the barracks at Serviston, for instance, on the Victorian border, there'd be several crews there together and we'd pull our tucker box stuff, carrots and onions and potatoes and, and apples and all go in the stew. And it was very nice too. <laughs> they you'd all get a serve. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you transferred to Wolseley yes. as you became a driver. Yes. I presume you had to sit some sort of examination to become a driver or was it... No, I'd already done that. All I was doing was waiting for... Um, seniority? Seniority, yeah, that's right, yeah. Actually, I was the second youngest to drive the diesels and the station master at Wolseley said, don't let people know that you're the young as you are. We said, you, otherwise they might shift you out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but I learnt from another driver at Wolseley, Bob Etherton, he used to live at Serviston. He went on a trip before me and he was the one instructing me the next trip as to what to do. <laughs> but we'd been on a test run. We came up to Tail and Bend from Adelaide with a local inspector. He used to be an instructor in the Institute too. Neil, Neil Head? Neil Head. <laughs> anyway, we'd have a turn, a couple of sections, and he'd check how we, how we went. Anyway, on the way home, he got to Mount Barker Junction and he said, Righto, get out of the seat. He said, that's my section down to Balhanna. <laughs> Downhill. <laughs> Downhill. <laughs> yeah, but a nice bloke. They were all nice yes. fellas. I got on well with them all. Yeah. And I believe that your attitude towards another person rubs off on them as well. Yeah. So how long were you driving? 36 years. But how long were you doing steam engines for? Uh, well, they went out here in 1967. So we came here in 1958. Did you have particular favourite engines? Steam, I'm talking steam at the moment. Yes. 600 class and 520. They were my favourites, yeah. And what was it about them? Well, 520s, there were 12 of them built at Islington workshops and they're roller bearings, not friction mill white metal bearings like a lot of steam engines are or were. Fantastic locomotive though. They just seem to speed along like a bullet, you know. That but particularly north of, say, Snowtown and Red Hill. Yes, that's so, right. Yes, Red really, Hill to Piri. We, we, they, they were good for 70 mile an hour. That's right. Officially. We, we, yeah, fantastic <laughs> speed. <laughs> not that I'm a speedster. I don't think that. I like to stick on the speed if I possibly can. On many uh, exploits and reports, I've been able to make up a lot of time. We made up an hour going from Wolseley to Mount Gambier one time. An hour. Well, mainly with the guard's cooperation, because if he had only a small thing to put out, I'd sit him down at the siding, and he'd run along and put it in the cabin and then catch up, and I wouldn't even stop. 
<laughs> so that's the sort of thing we did yeah. to make up an hour going to Mount Gambia on the Blue Lake. Yeah. We broke down in the Bangham Scrub at Gijila. When I came past, I saw a uh, light over in the paddock there at a house and remembered this. And so the die block sees in the link on the 520, more sharp motion, and the radius rod bent and, of course, that, you put the valve gear all out of plumb and you've got to centre the valve and all this sort of business. All that came back to me. <laughs> anyway, I thought, now, I've got to get somebody to help us. So I grabbed a bike out of the brake van and rode back to this crossing, uh, road crossing there, and I looked up and the telephone wires were there going into his place where the light was. So I rode in there and uh, I knocked on the door and he was a fellow woodcutter going to cut wood in the morning, about four o'clock in the morning. And I said, look, uh, can I use your telephone? Rang the train controller, Woolsey actually, and relayed the message. And they sent up an RX from Narracourt to hook on the front of us. They must have come up backwards, ten to first. And it was like a cork bobbing in the ocean, you know, this little, <laughs> little engine in front. RX, I think it was. Yeah. What, what do you mean by it was like a cork bobbing? We were, we were big and high up and looking down on the top of this uh, RX, <laughs> and it looked like a cork bobbing in the ocean, you know, going up and down. <laughs> Did you have a least favourite steam engine? I didn't like 750 class. They were too rigid, I reckon. Too rigid? Yes. Every time the wheels hit something, the whole loco would move around, you know. Too rigid. That, to me, was the only ones. Most of them, you, um, they're all fantastic locomotives, I reckon, yeah. And they all had their own feel about them. I can still hear them blasting away up Mount Lofty, though. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I couldn't have done anything better than to have joined the railways when I did and enjoyed steam. And especially then with the crews, the men, the people, the, the fellows that you worked with, we all helped one another. It was a different attitude towards one another in those days than it, what it is now. They were a terrific mob of blokes, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. You talked about that, that incident when the train broke down. Yes. Was that the only time you had a train break? break? No, no, not the only time. I was with Colin Powelski going home from here with 520. We left Monada South and going up to Waller, and the same thing happened there to that loco. And then we had an engine come up and hook on the front of us and drag us home to Mile End. Yeah. yeah. And what about weather events? Were there any weather events that impacted floods or oh, extreme not, not, heats? Not, that well, no, not floods. Uh, we had a, uh, an episode at Kyvie Bolite. We were coming home from Narracourt with a 830 class diesel. We went into the good siding to pick up some vehicles and we dropped off the track, so we had to put the re-railers out and I had to go back over new rails rather than what we just dropped off of. The um, sleepers were rotten and they'd spread. Dog spikes wouldn't hold them. <laughs> and it was straight track there too, not as though it was on a bend or a curve. Anyway, we put the re-railers down. We did a couple of movements with the re-railers and we, we got back on again. So I went back up the narrow court end and then down the passing siding and then up the front and onto the loco and had to talk to the train controller and the loco foreman at Mount Gambier. Sid Beaumont, funny sort of bloke. He only learnt his position from other engine drivers. Because if something went wrong out there, 
the phone would ring and he'd say, oh, so-and-so's in trouble. Uh, any of you fellas uh, had that same problem? And somebody generally has. <laughs> and they'd tell him and he'd go in and answer. And he knew bugger all about it. <laughs> anyway, this uh, loco foreman at Mount Gambia, he said, look, you'll have to come back to Narrow Court now. He said, you might come off the track. I said, look, if I got a bent axle, it wouldn't matter which direction I travelled, I'd come off the track. Whether I come back there or go ahead, go home. Anyway, I said, I've used the gauge inside four parts of the wheels that were off, and there's no bent axle. The measurements are the bottom, the top, front, and the back with the gauge. Oh, you know, he stumbled and carried on. And I said to him, now, look, you've got to give us a bit of common sense about being out in the field and managing it by ourselves. Oh, well, yeah, I suppose, I suppose. So we came on home. Well, I've been to Adelaide Mile End going up from Petwood to Nairn and run out of sand. And my mate's been down on the side of the track with a shovel putting sand on the track to get traction. The wheels are slipping and terrible. In fog and, and misty rain, and, yeah, terrible. To give you traction on the rails. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And, and it's all about lack of momentum. You know, you're going very slowly and, and it's something you've got to go and the wheels will pick it up and, and spin, slip. Yeah. How is the sand applied to the railway, rails? You put your foot on a pedal and it's blown in onto the front two driving wheels. It's blown in there by um, steam, not air. You don't use too much air, the steam. Same with the uh, duplex soakers little knobs there to control the operation of the um, stokers delivering coal to the distributor plate and it blows it into the firebox. That's blown in with steam too. Little jets of steam that blows the coal in there. Because this was where you had a firebox that was so large... Oh, massive, that, yeah. ..that you couldn't hand fire. No, of course not. You needed no. the, uh, the benefit of the mechanical... The mechanical stoker, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, some call them automatic stokers. They're not automatic no, at no, all. No, no. Which engines were they on? Big engines. 500 class, 720, 720s and 740s. I never had much to do with, I think I came up here once on a 740 and a 720. There were very seldom we had them up this way. So how long were you at Walsley for? Two years. And we used to do, uh, relieve the Mile End crew at Walsley, worked to Mount Gambia and been to the barracks and then come back again, uh, next movement. I remember having an event where they were late by an hour at Walsley. Steaming are terrible. Oh, God. That's where they were. Anyway, I thought to myself, I wonder whether it's a smoke box or it was a steam engine. So I went out, left and went out to um, Custom, first station out of Walsley on the way to Mount Gambia. And I stopped and went around the front and it was drawing air through the smoke box door. So I screwed that up and uh, we had no trouble at all. She went like a charm. Thanks for listening to this oral history podcast from the National Railway Museum.